Hey guys, Friday afternoon, PCS podcast. Ian is back in business. I'm sitting here in my kitchen. Got some music playing here. It is none other than, who is it? Shiny Toy Guns, a song called La Disco. Um, go check that one out if you get a chance. They got a great, great Spotify channel. I really recommend these guys. Um, but in the meantime, what am I doing Friday? I work from home today. I am very privileged to be working from home pretty routinely. Um, so for that reason, I am doing nothing other than doing emails in my kitchen, making sure I keep up to speed with what needs to be done in my job. Um, waiting for other emails to come in. It's kind of neat. If you have a chance to work from home, do it. It's amazing. You get to uh, kind of work in your shorts and your t-shirt um, in your kitchen or upstairs in your office if you have a room. Uh, it's nice because I get to take my lunch, take my breaks whenever I want. I get to be in the comfort of my home, um, take care of other things during the day. It's just nice not to have to commute. Believe me, commuting is kind of a drag. I don't like to complain uh, about much because I think complaining is overrated. But commuting kind of is a bummer. So that you'll hear a complaint out of me here and there. Um, but I will. I guess I'm not shy about complaining about commuting. I drive about 55 minutes to work each way. Um, other days when I go to the office. So yeah, that's not that's not terribly fun. Um, so again, if you can work from home, try it. You'll you'll be happy you did. And a lot of jobs nowadays are kind of letting you. So what am I talking about today besides my commute, right? Well, what am I doing? Well, this afternoon, I got on to play Red Dead Redemption on my Xbox One here. And I think you guys all seen that game by now. It's a fantastic game. Um, it's a ton of fun to play. I'll do a little bit of a, a cool stuff uh, segment on that one later. But um, let me tell you what I'm doing right this second. So there I was playing Red Dead, and my game froze up. So I'm like, man, so sometimes in Rockstar games, the game will freeze for a minute online, and so you just kind of have to like wait. So while I was waiting for it to unfreeze, I flashed over using my menu button on my, on my console to the, G, to the uh, Twitch stream. So I, I opened up Twitch. They have the app there for Xbox One, which is killer. And uh, I'm sitting in this game room of mine in my garage with a big screen here and a lazy boy in the dark. And what is uh, on Twitch today. What is live right this second? Actually, it was about an hour ago. But what was live right at the moment I opened up Twitch? JJP Live. And what game were they streaming? Oh, I wonder. Oh, wait. Wonka. So, obviously, I tuned right in. Um, I was watching the stream. Really neat. Let me tell you what I thought. I mean, the game's great, obviously. I already, already talked about that, but Guess what we get with this stream? It's it's live from Eric Minier's um, office at JJP in Chicago, I believe. He has a really elaborate, neat-looking office. He's the designer for Pirates of the Caribbean, of course. So he's got like 20 playfields hanging up in the background. It's gorgeous. It's really neat. Um, Joe Katz is there. Another fella, another couple of fellas, actually, whom, whom I don't, I'm not sure they are. But Eric and Joe Katz are there, and they've got Wonka, the uh, prototype collector's edition, sitting there, and it's on the stream. And so immediately I was struck by how much the sound was different this time around. So the Buffalo Pinball sound was a little challenging because they were in a, in a big convention room, you know. So I got a chance to watch this stream, and let me give you my thoughts. So um, I'm actually going to turn it on right this second. It's on a playback right now. But I will turn the volume down. So I'm literally watching it, uh, a rebroadcast of this stream, 
as I, as I speak into the phone here. Um, so obviously the sound comes out and it's just like really neat. Um, you get a chance to hear the game really for what you're going to hear when you play with not a lot of interference and noise in the background. Um, a lot of people have talked about, oh, you know, you don't want to ruin the game by watching too much about it and learning too much about it before you buy it. I, I understand those sentiments. I kind of, I understand that. Like, that argument has some merits to it. Like, why spoil a game? Why don't you bring it home and uncover it and discover it as you play it? Um, so I, I totally see where they're coming from when people say that. I think one of the notable people who've mentioned that was Canada. Uh, obviously, I listen to Canada a lot, so I'm kind of in tune with what he's talking about. Um, but let me say this. Like, I'm not really learning anything about these modes other than how to start basic modes. So it's kind of like, you don't really see a whole lot. I'm focusing on the play field. Um, what I'm seeing here is magical, obviously. I'm realizing there's just, there's so much more to this game than we could have gathered in that one couple hour stream at uh, MGC last week. So I'm just so grateful that a week later they're showing us a little bit more and we get a chance to review it and look at it again. But one thing that's really, really standing out to me this time around, now that I'm, I'm, I've cooled down from my initial uh, kind of frazzle from watching it last week. And what am I looking at? And I'm telling you, the light show on this game is nothing short of amazing. I mean, the playfield is fantastic. Lawler is a brilliant mind. Thank God for Lawler, man. But the magical light show on this game, uh, I can't believe it. I cannot believe what I'm looking at. The only time I've been th that impressed with a light show on any game has been uh, w Wizard of Oz. Was. And my friend Nick's got one in his living room there. And I go down there when I see him and I'm looking at this game and I always think, man, the lights are amazing. There's so much going on. There's movement. It's all choreographed. It's all colorful. RGB everything. Just a beautifully lit game. Beautifully lit. And it's just appealing to just watch it. It's like, it's like watching a lava lamp. Have you ever watched a lava lamp and just thought, man, that looks cool. It just like calms you. It just, it's soothing or something. It's just, there's something magical about it. And it makes your mind sort of relax. Watching the light show during attract mode on Wonka is the same thing. It's just, there's something incredible about it. Um, well programmed. There's just tons of inserts on this game. And if you're not excited about this game, you've got to watch the light show. And tell me you're not excited after that. Because, like, it's insane. The amount of inserts they put on the playfield is brilliant anyway, right? And, and it's really a risky thing, I think, when, when a company will put a, a million inserts like Jersey Jack does. But they tend to put a bazillion inserts in a game while making it still tasteful and Ill illustrative. The, there's still art there, you know, not just plastic inserts with lights. So yeah, the light show, just amazing. Um, I've been watching the stream now um, for about 20 minutes, but a couple things I didn't, I didn't really notice. The upper, the middle ramp, that thing is just sweet, man. Upper right flipper to middle ramp. I'm pretty sure bottom right flipper can access it too. But it's just so freaking smart, man. So smart. Um, a little bit, again, like the Judge Dread ramp to the upper left flipper. Um, but the difference here is certainly designed a, a little differently. But on the upper left flipper in our in our game here with Wonka, we have a magnet stopping the ball. So you Because it's not necessarily visible as the ball descends to the upper left flipper. So Pat Lawler, super smart move. Obviously, you can't really see the ball coming through to the upper left flipper, so the chances of hitting it with any sort of regularity are pretty limited, unless you're like an exceptional player. So what do they do? They make it a little easier. They make the game more appealing and accessible by putting a magnet up there to stop the ball and give you a chance to really capitalize on that, that upper left flipper. And of course, again, the upper left flipper goes to the loop in the upper right. Um, it can go elsewhere as well to the gum targets, which are kind of central right play field. But brilliant. 
just brilliant that the upper left flipper is made more useful and more accessible by the placement of a magnet in an otherwise difficult to view area. I just, there's, there's just wrinkles in this game that are just blowing me away. There's seven magnets in this game. I don't think we all got a chance to see how they all operate. You've got um, the one on the upper left, which we already mentioned. I've heard there's two more in the central area of the playfield. I have yet to witness those in action. Perhaps the code's not completed on it. Um, but uh, here we go with the, what, what else do we have here? The, I'm not sure what the Wonka LED tower is doing up there. Um, but I'm really curious to find out. Very, very curious. Um, we'll see what happens as they develop the code some more. Um, that loop, the inner loop, which goes right to left, just above the upper right flipper, is really interesting too. So there's kind of two ways to loop around, and it's got sort of a curb on the loop, as Iron Maiden does up there. Um, so it can only loop one direction, so it's kind of like a one-way loop valve, if you will. Um, so we're learning more and more. I'm just getting a, another great glimpse of this game and watching these guys stream it. And I'm just thinking, how great would it be to work at JJP? I mean, how lucky are those guys? They get to live and breathe and work and just eat, sleep, and drink pinball. It's just a dream job for me. I would love to be a designer or an, a technician or something like that with JJP. That would be so much fun. Um, perhaps all of us share the same fantasy. But uh, <laughs> these guys, get they just have the life. They get to be creative and, and create awesome, magical pinball machines, and they get paid to do it. So kudos to them, man. Um, and obviously... Just the, the idea to, to work for JJP, who seems to be a different style of company. They're smaller. They, uh, they do things differently than Stern and Spooky and everybody else. But obviously, everybody's got their own sort of flair that, that's involved in pinball anymore. Um, speaking of other companies, I was listening to Canada's podcast, which was broadcast yesterday. He interviewed Josh Kugler from American Pinball. I don't know if you know, but he I think he's the lead software guy there, but he's, he's, he's one of the head honchos anyway. So Josh Kugler, if you've ever seen him uh, on a stream or some sort of game reveal, he seemed like a really nice guy when you, when you see him on the MGC uh, stream. No, it was TPF, excuse me. He was streaming um, with the Melbourne Silver Ball League, which is Marty from Head to Head Pinball Podcast. So Marty had his stream set up, and Josh Kugler was there showing him Oktoberfest. Um, and I, I was watching the stream. It was really interesting, really cool. Josh Kugler seemed like an exceptional guy, really nice, very approachable, and being very generous to Marty from head to head. But go check this, this uh, stream out. You're going to notice something. Marty was rolling his eyes while Josh Kugler was explaining Oktoberfest to him, like rolling his eyes, and I thought, man, that's kind of rude. Um, I was telling my friend Nick about this. And I was just surprised. I was like, well, this guy's a, you know, one of the head honchos at American Pinball. He's been kind enough to, to give his time to you to, to show you this game and to put it on your stream. And you're going to roll your eyes while, you're, while he's explaining it to you? Come on. Um, you know, be grateful that he's there. Be, be gracious and be kind to him. I mean, the guy's a professional. He's there for you. Um, he's not making any money off your stream. So, I don't know. Next time, Marty, be nice. Uh, don't roll your eyes at people when they're trying to help you out. But uh, anyway, that was my first impression of Josh Kugler. He was super, super cool. And then uh, Canada was introducing him on his podcast uh, yesterday. So he's talking to him about Oktoberfest and American Pinball's direction and stuff like that. It's a really interesting interview. Go check it out. Um, Canada does a really good job, I think, with his, uh, with his guests. Um, so, but Josh Kugler was talking about Oktoberfest and how excited they are about it and how jam-packed the game's going to be. And I think we all agree. I reviewed it as a game I haven't played. It looks jam-packed. Jam packed. I'm excited to play it. I'm super excited. I'm almost positive the Museum of Pinball will wind up with one in the next six months. So 
thank God for that, and I'm really excited. You know what it was? I started thinking today about Oktoberfest, and I was about to buy one in December before I bought Monster Bash. The reason I didn't buy one in December was because Oktoberfest was not ready. So they weren't shipping them yet. So I thought, you know, I want a game right now. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell my Metallica to my buddy Pete, and I'm going to buy a new game. And so that was, that was the one I came down to, was Monster Bash. But um, Oktoberfest was high on my list. So they couldn't ship them then. So what did I do? I just got Monster Bash. And then, and then Wonka rolls around and Oktoberfest is shipping. So what's going on in my mind? Should I cancel my order for Wonka and buy Oktoberfest? Is it good enough? Is it that good? Um, I think it is good enough. I really do. I'm not here to announce that I'm canceling my order for Wonka, though. I'm here to announce that as soon as I play it, if I'm satisfied with it, I might buy it. Um, <laughs> I don't care what the consequences are. Um, that, that game is fantastically designed. Uh, I think Joe Balser is one of the most underrated designers in the history of pinball. The guy's got some incredible titles on his resume. Let's talk about that really quick. I'm just going to name a few, but um, Wizard of Oz. Baywatch, how about that one? Joe Balser. Um, he did uh, High Roller Casino for Stern. Did you guys know that? He did, I want to say he did The Hobbit. Um, he did Oktoberfest, and he did Houdini. Those are really, really, really good games. Willy, or Wizard of Oz is renowned for being a, a groundbreaking game. I think not just for the LCD, of course, that was kind of the thing at first, but if you look at the playfield, it's super innovative. I think it's smart. Two upper playfields, the guy just really goes off. The guy's creative. I think he has his own unique stamp that he puts on games, too. So Oktoberfest is a classic Balser game, in my opinion. I mean, it's got the side ramp, of course. It's got um, some really, really cool ramps. The wireforms are beautiful. I think it's a first, you know, the wireforms that you see on there. It's like a roller coaster track. Very creative. So, Balser uh, designed that game. And he's got the upper right flipper there, right? So, the upper right flipper to middle side ramp, if you can call it that, sort of the Steve Ritchie ramp, that, that ramp goes up to the bartender, and I think it loops back around to the left flipper. So I'm watching the gameplay at TPF, and I'm also watching some gameplay from MGC, and what are my thoughts? I thought, man, this game looks fantastic, first of all, right? I love the look. I think it looks just like, you know, one of the best games in the past 10 years. I think it's going to have a lot of success, like I mentioned before. But what's the reason why I'm not buying this instead of Wonka? Right now, what I'm thinking is this. I think that upper right flipper to side ramp, which is a pretty necessary shot, kind of like the dialed-in um, shot with the upper right flipper, is too difficult, and I'm kind of saddened by that. Um, I don't know if they're going to change that somehow, but um, the shot just looks very challenging. It looks like it might kind of create a sort of a, put a little wet blanket on the game a little bit, but obviously I'm going to play it as soon as I can and, and figure that out for myself. But just right now from looking at those streams, I don't think I can buy it sight unseen because of that. Um, I will buy Wonka without playing it, though. I, th I think that thing is a guaranteed. Mill it in. Wonka's going to be a freaking top 10 game forever. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Um, but what, what else was I going to say about Oktoberfest? Oh, yeah, that's right. So, okay, so the upper right flipper has that problem, right? Possible problem with the difficulty of the shot to the, to the, to the side ramp. So that's a problem. Or maybe not. But anyway, they have a, they have a magnab feature, the magnet that grabs the ball right above the upper right flipper. So why don't they do this? Why don't they change the code a bit to make it? Or I guess they can't do it now. But what if they change the code or the opto such that once the ball goes near that magnet, it freezes up the same way Wonka does in the upper left flipper? How about that? Or it's an option in the adjustments menu or something. 
How cool would that be? So then they create an easier scenario to hit the ramp, thus alleviating the problem that I see with the game, if there's going to be a problem with the game. I think that is going to be a little bit of a problem, but I think that they can get around it. I think that it's still going to be a fantastic game. That just might be the deal breaker for me on a purchase or a, or a hope for a purchase with it. Um, but with that, you know, um, I don't have much much left for today's uh, quick pod. I, I kind of like where I'm going with these 15, 20-minute podcasts for you guys. I hope you enjoy it. Um, but one thing I'll leave you with is it's Friday. What are you going to do with your weekend? Are you going to sleep in? Are you going to go on a vacation? Are you going to do a little quick road trip? Think about this. Every Friday, we got a chance to have something awesome happen on the weekend. So do more planning. Think about that in, in, in this summer, the spring and the summer months. Do more planning. Plan fun adventures with your family, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your kids, whatever. Plan more because plans usually result in good times. Um, I'm trying to make it a goal this year to plan more fun things with my children and family. And yesterday I was so privileged to be able to go to the arcade with my son in Temecula. It's called Round One. I will review that location uh, later. But the point is, I, I planned this fun little day, and it was just so gratifying and so much fun. And it just seems like sometimes we get caught up in the week, the work week and everything, and we fail to plan for the weekend. So try to make it your goal to plan more things for the weekends and, and think about it, you know, Monday, Tuesday. Hey, what are we going to do Saturday? What are we going to do Sunday? That way, by the time it rolls around, you'll already have it sort of on the calendar. So my plan, have some family over on Saturday. At our house, we're going to do a big Easter egg hunt with tons of treats, tons of money eggs for the kids, and I'm going to cook chicken mole for my family, one of my favorite Mexican dishes. And on Sunday, what are we going to do? We're going to go see my wife's grandmother, my grandmother-in-law, this wonderful lady named Geraldine. We're also going to see my wife's mother, Joanne, and we're going to have a little family dinner with them for Easter Sunday. So enjoy your Easter Sunday, everybody. Be grateful. Enjoy your families. Enjoy life. And enjoy pinball. Take care. Have a great weekend.